It must be Thursday. Welcome to Learning Unwrapped, the podcast about your most important life skill, learning. I'm often asked, how do you know when you're in a learner active technology infused classroom or school? What do you look for? So first, let me take a step back. As you know, I created an instructional framework known as the Learner Active Technology-Infused Classroom, which everyone calls LATIC. It emerged from a fortuitous early career experience. I became a teacher in the late 70s when teaching jobs were hard to secure. And that's because we had a full teaching force and post-Vietnam War, when many of the U.S. men were overseas, we did not have as many children being born. The result was a wave of declining enrollments from year to year after that. So I knew in my fourth year of teaching, my job was going to be eliminated, along with teachers who had 11 years of tenure. So the number of students in my school had, had nearly been cut in half. So over those four years, I realized I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Well, I ended up becoming a computer programmer and entering a field when a lot of new innovations were emerging, including the personal computer. So my teaching background, interestingly enough, made me quite a success in the world of business, and I was quickly climbing the corporate ladder. But after a couple of years, I thought, my true passion is education. I had wanted to be a teacher since I was in kindergarten, since I was five years old, and over the years, I never wavered in that dream. It turns out that in the early 80s, computers were making their entrance into schools, and I ended up returning to the world of education but this time with firsthand experience as to how technology could transform one's work. And I believed it could transform teaching and learning as well. So I wanted to find a way to help students take charge of their own learning, to be engaged and empowered, and ultimately become efficacious people, those who can optimistically tackle any challenge or problem. So I ended up developing this LATIC framework and then started helping schools implement it. Eventually, I started my consulting company, IDE Corp, and we now help schools everywhere reinvent learning environments. Now, I will tell you that unequivocally, when teachers implement LATIC with fidelity, meaning that all the structures and strategies are in place as a system, test scores soar. Kids love school. No one is worrying about how to keep kids engaged at the end of the school year. It just works. And they build greater executive function and social and emotional learning skills as well. And not for any particular subjects or grade levels. LATIC works at every grade level and every subject area. I've seen preschool handicapped kids taking charge of their own learning, high school English AP students, and every grade level and subject in between. I've been told sometimes that LATIC won't work with math, but I was a math teacher when I developed the framework, and my students who hadn't been passing state tests, started passing them. So now that you have the background, let me answer the question at hand. How do I know when I'm in a LATIC school? Well, let me start at the classroom level. When I walk into LATIC, I feel it. There's an energy in the room of productivity and purpose. I see students in various groupings, working independently, in pairs, in groups, with the teacher, online, talking to an expert, lots of different activities. Upon looking around at what is posted on the walls or the online classroom management system, and upon speaking with a couple of students, I know there is a problem or project-based learning task in play. 
Students are working to solve a real world problem, which I call problem-based learning, or tackle a challenge or innovation, which I call project-based learning, and you know it, and they know it, and they're excited to tell you about it. For example, I watched students work on plans to remove microplastic from water, develop supports to help healthcare workers communicate with non-English speaking patients, uh, save butterflies from extinction, address the United Nations sustainability goals, uh, invent schools that can help the disabled live on their own, and suggest where the pedestrian path should be placed for a new bridge that was being built. I consider these to be problems to be solved. Then I've seen students write poems to support mental health, uh, create designer pizza, where you can purchase slices of different sizes than just the eighth of a pie, propose a new way to design a classroom, uh, create theme-based murals, and more. I consider those to be projects, as they're more innovations than solutions to problems. So that little aside is to just share problem versus project-based learning. But the key in all of this is the palpable energy. So I'm going to keep coming back to that. In LATIC, a visitor will quickly know what PBL task or tasks, as there could be multiple, are being addressed. They will also see evidence of students using a rubric to access clearly articulated expectations for what that final product or solution plan should look like, along with a bit of a roadmap for getting there. You know, the rubric starts with a positive step toward the final product. It's not an evaluative tool. So you won't see words like doesn't include. Everything in the rubric is about moving the student across the rows to success. And in LATIC, I will see students referring to that rubric to determine expectations. I will see them checking off or circling parts of it. I will see it on their desks. I will see that students consider the rubric a critical tool in their learning process. They depend upon it. And then in LATIC, I will see an activity list to which students refer in order to learn the content they need to solve the problem or address the challenge. So let's consider what I mentioned before, designer pizza. And this was a PBL test that I wrote because personally, I would like to have just a sliver of that Hawaiian pie to try it out and a somewhat larger piece of mushroom pizza and then a large slice with spinach and arugula. But there's no pizza shop where I can get that. I can't get small, a third of a slice of pizza. So that's what designer pizza is all about. And the idea is that you create a variety of menus in different sizes so that the customer can put together the kind of pizza that they want. And if you go to mycubeportal.com, even in demo mode, you can find designer pizza to take a look at that PBL if you're interested. Let me add that we had a teacher engage students in this particular PBL and then present their designer pizza menus to a local pizza shop that actually implemented some of them. Key to a PBL is that there's an audience other than the teacher, that in fact, there is a path to putting students' ideas and products in place. And that adds to that palpable energy that I keep talking about. In the designer pizza PBL, students need to learn a lot about fractions, including adding fractions with unlike denominators. But they may also need to use multiplication with decimals, developing and analyzing surveys, uh, descriptive writing, and more. The teacher can tailor a task to the curriculum. And even if the students develop the tasks that they want to pursue, well, the teacher can tailor the rubric to the curriculum. So how will students learn about, say, equivalent fractions? Well, they'll look 
to the activity list where they will find multiple ways to learn from which they choose. Do they want to watch a video, read a textbook, follow a how-to sheet, join a small group mini lesson with the teacher? Do they want to work individually in pairs in a group? The key to the activity list is providing robust opportunities for students to learn and then having them develop their own schedule for the day or the week that they will follow. Okay, so these are just three structures that I expect to see upon entering any learner active technology infused classroom. The PBL task, the rubric, and the activity list with students scheduling in advance how they will spend their time. However, just checking off the boxes, say if you're doing a walkthrough, that, that these structures exist does not ensure that you have a powerful LATIC environment. It's all about how these structures work together to form a powerful system to drive learning. As an example, I received a text from a school superintendent one day with a mic drop emoji. And I texted her back and I said, what's that all about? So she called me and she told me that she was conducting a classroom observation in a fourth grade classroom. And it was a, a really great learner active technology infused classroom. She was loving it. The kids are all following schedules and engaging in a variety of activities. And she was sitting with one group where a young man had to leave. And he said, well, I have to go. He, he had some other class he had to attend or something. And the rest of his group said, okay, see you later. And this little girl took out her textbook and started to work on a textbook page. Well, the superintendent said she felt a little bit deflated because she felt like, well, this is it. You know, there's all this uh, excitement and, and fluff about this PBL. But then when push comes to shove, we're just back to like, you know, answering textbook questions and working from the textbook. So she said to the girl, uh, what are you learning here? And the student said, I'm learning um, estimation. And she said, well, why are you learning estimation? Well, the student got very excited and she said, well, we are trying to create the perfect Valentine's Day party. And whichever group has the best plan for a Valentine's Day party is going to actually be able to run the party. And we want to do that. So I looked at the rubric and she pulls out her rubric. And she says, you see here in the expert column, you have to estimate your numbers before you actually figure them out. And she said, so then I looked at the activity list and there are four different ways I could learn about estimation. So I just chose the textbook because I thought that would be easy. And that's where the superintendent felt that's Latic. I mean, here you could just see how the student moved from excitement about task over to the rubric, onto the activity list, and then made a choice. And in her case, it was, it's just going to be easy to read the textbook to try and figure it out. And so that's what she did. So you see what happened there. The teacher used these three structures as part of a system. And that's the key. They were taught to move from being excited about the task to reference that rubric to determine what their final product had to look like. And they knew that they could use the activity list to choose the ways in which they could learn the content. This particular student was exuding that energy I'm talking about, productive and purposeful engagement. Now, there are many other structures that play into this creating this system. For example, students learn, even at the youngest ages, to be resourceful. If they get stuck, they know to first reread any directions for the activity, then 
check the resource area to see if there might be a how-to sheet or other reference to help them. Then to check the peer expert board to see if another student may be positioned to help them. And finally, to add their name to the help board so that the teacher will seek them out and provide them with help. Teachers, meanwhile, are wholly engaged in facilitating learning and action. They move from student to student, from group to group. They ask questions. They offer ideas. They provide direct instruction where needed. And as I like to say, they never hover. You can't facilitate by walking around spot-checking students. LATIC teachers sit down with students and engage in the learning process. I've had teachers carry around a stool so they can just join in anywhere in the classroom. And while at times they may offer a short, say, 10-minute small group mini lesson in a corner of the room, after that, they move on to facilitating. LATIC teachers balance their energy as well, not staying in one place for too long. So, for example, a LATIC teacher would never conduct two back-to-back small group mini lessons. Instead, they would conduct one and then spend time facilitating learning. And then perhaps offer another small group mini lesson on a different topic a little later. And while they use the help board to determine who needs them, they also just sit and talk with other students to see where they are in the learning process and help them along. Now, their actions may include providing instruction or asking probing questions, presenting challenges, um, and advising students on their own process. For example, if a student always chooses videos through which to learn, the teacher might talk about the importance of being able to learn through a variety of venues. If the student always works independently, the teacher might suggest some collaborative engagement. If the student always selects math in the afternoon but seems to struggle with the content, the teacher might suggest engaging in math first thing in the morning. So the teacher is providing instructional facilitation, but also process facilitation. This really isn't about students going into a classroom and taking charge of their own learning without anyone mentoring them or helping them. So as you can imagine, when all of the structures, and there are many more, are in play, the room is buzzing with activity. And if the learning is being driven by the PBL task, it's palpable. LATIC teachers never start the day or class period by saying, take out your activity list and get started. That only promotes compliance. Instead, students are expected to walk in, access the schedule they created, and get started on their plan. Meanwhile, the teacher might engage in conversations with some students about their submitted work and reference how that learning will help them in solving the PBL task. The PBL task drives the learning, and it leads students to the rubric, which leads them to the activity list. Let me share a story from a day I was walking with a principal through a LATIC school. We were moving about the school from classroom to classroom, but I noticed two classrooms next to one another that I could use to demonstrate true LATIC engagement from compliance. So we walked into the one room and we talked about, what do you see? Yes, there was a task in place. There uh, was a rubric. There was an activity list. The students were all engaged in different activities. Everyone was very busy. The teacher was engaged with the students. We walked into the next classroom. Exactly the same. There was a task. There was a rubric. There was an activity list. Kids all engaged. Teachers with the student. And I said to him, do you see any difference between these two classrooms? And he said, well, it's weird, but yes. I feel better in this classroom over here. There's like an energy in here. And he was exactly right. 
in one classroom, there was that palpable energy of students engaged in productive and purposeful work, all excited about the PBL task that they were addressing. In the other classroom, the structures were in place, but the activity list was driving what was going on in the classroom. Students were going to their activity list to find the next thing to do, and they were compliantly working through the activities. And even though there was a task out there, they weren't focused on that task. And even though there was a rubric out there, they weren't referencing that rubric. They were just compliantly following the activity list. So the message here is that when you teach students to use the structures properly, and when you as the teacher build an excitement about that PBL task and keep that excitement going and keep the focus on that task, the students are going to be much more engaged and they're going to have purpose and therefore they're going to be productive. Whereas when you look at the more granular, oh, here are all the learning activities you need to get finished, then it becomes compliance. So that is really, I think, the big deal that I look for upon walking into a Laddie classroom. I'm looking to feel palpable energy of productivity and purpose. Now, as for the Laddie school, well, all that energy I described in the classroom spills out into the school. I've seen students taking responsibility for creating decorative gardens and on their own head outside to help during lunch and recess. I've been greeted by students in a Laddie school offering to help me find my way. I've listened to students engage in conversations about their PBL ideas while they're walking in the hall or eating lunch. So one final story to share. A principal told me, uh, it was an elementary school, she was outside during recess. And from afar, she saw some students in the basketball court getting into an obvious uh, disagreement. So she walked over to ensure that a full fist fight didn't you know, ensue. And by the time she got there, they were back to playing basketball. And she thought, well, that was weird. They actually resolved their own disagreement. So she said to them, hey, I noticed that you guys were in a fight over here. And they're like, yeah. And she said, well, but now you're just back to playing basketball. Like, what happened? How did you resolve the issue? And one student said, well, we got into this fight, but then we said, you know what? After recess, we have to go back in and work on that science project together. So we all better just figure out how to get along. That's Laddick. And that principle was absolutely dumbfounded. In Laddick, you don't see discipline problems. In Laddick, you don't see students zoning out. In Laddick, you don't get to the end of the year trying to figure out how to keep them uh, you know, involved in school. And, and actually, if I could go as far as to say, in Laddick, you don't need test prep. Now, I want to be careful. I don't want any learner active technology infused classroom teachers deciding to throw out test prep and have your test scores go down. The key is if you are truly running that learner active classroom that I'm talking about here, students are learning and they're more importantly retaining learning. I, I had a ninth grade social studies teacher tell me that he couldn't believe it in May when students were working on a project, they started referencing what they learned in September. He said, I, I've never had that happen before. Kids retain the learning. So when the test comes along, it's just another opportunity to share with the state what you know. It's another challenge. It becomes another PBL task. So let's rock the test. There doesn't have to be a lot of stress. There doesn't have to be a lot of buildup. And you definitely don't want to say, oh, well, we're not doing LADIC now because we're preparing for the test. 
as though you could ever do Vladic. It's it's really a it's a philosophy. It's a it's a way in which you run a classroom. You can't have Vladic in the morning and not in the afternoon. It just is if you are truly embracing the learner active technology use classroom. And you just have students continue to engage in their problem based tasks and you take a break to go off and uh, and have the state tests and then you come back to the task. So a lot of teacher would never say, well, we're not doing a PBL right now because uh, it's testing time. We'll pick up with it later. Or it's only a week from vacation. So we're not doing a PBL test. You could start a PBL task a week from vacation. And then in through the vacation, kids are still thinking about it. And then they just come back and pick up where they left off. So the whole idea of teaching through a learner active technology infused classroom is creating a productive and purposeful learning environment where kids are fully engaged all the time and are excited about it. Now, if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you're saying, I never heard of Laddick, I have two books that actually go hand in hand. One is called Students Taking Charge. And there are three levels. There's a K-5 level, there's a 612 level, and there's a leadership level. So the Students Taking Charge book really describes Laddick. However, when the COVID pandemic came along and students reverted to working from home, I realized that I could make LADIC even better by ensuring that it works just as well at home as it does in school. Now, we had LADIC teachers telling us that they did really well through the pandemic because their students knew exactly how to take charge of their own learning. But there were just some, some structures, for instance, the help board that used to be physically hanging in the classroom well, if you make a digital help board, it'll work as well at home as it does in school. So I wrote the book, Reinventing the Classroom Experience, Learning Anywhere, Anytime. And that kind of updates a lot of the structures and strategies, but it really isn't a book that is wholly about Latix. So you actually have to read the two of them, you know, in concert with one another, and then you could get a really great picture of Latix. Um, you can also go to idecorp.com to learn more about the work that we do. Thanks for listening, and I hope this has helped enlighten you as to what I look for upon walking into a learner-active, technology-infused classroom. Well, that's a wrap. I'm glad you could join me. I hope you'll subscribe, like, and share this podcast and help me spread the word about the power of learning. Till next time.